welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 130. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I have awesome news for those of you out there who are hate listening to this podcast. I know the kids today, they love to mess around with the hate listening. So the good news for you guys is this could be a really short episode. There's not much in the old, uh, you know, coming out of the old news department this week. And the game that we have this week, uh, well, not to spoil anything, but it kind of sucks. So let's just get this uh, turd birder over with, and then we can go home. All right. From the news department, about all we got this week is a Mad Mike Hughes update. What has our buddy Mad Mike been up to this week? Five, four, three, two, one, left up. Let's see, four hours ago, as I record this, Mad Mike posted to his Facebook page a teaser trailer for the upcoming documentary, Rocket Man. Someone on Twitter, by the way, uh, Jim Fullerton, I think it was, uh, Jim, if it wasn't you, I apologize, but I think it was you, proposed that I use Rocket Man as a jingle theme for these little Mad Mike Hughes updates. It's a perfect suggestion, of course, other than, you know, it, it denigrates the, uh, you know, quality of the song and frankly i don't want sir elton john on my butt for royalties so i like the idea but uh but no uh, i'm not going to do that i am kind of curious though if mad mike will be as cognizant of copyright i would be shocked if at some point in the documentary there isn't some reference to that song all right so the trailer is about a minute 53 california man is getting ready to launch himself into the air in a homemade rocket to prove that the earth is flat. What do I do if shit goes south? Did you leave a letter or something? What do you want me to do? My team and myself is going to accomplish the greatest thing in the history of mankind. It's going to change. The greatest thing, Mad Mike, in the history of mankind? Giving lots of people to give you their money? Well, I don't know about the greatest thing, but it is certainly uh, America's pastime. So, when does this movie come out? Oh, hey, look, everybody. It's my buddy, Henry. Hi, Henry. What's up? What's up? What you doing? Putting a hat on the cat. Henry uh, claims he's putting a hat on the cat. Would that be the cat in the hat? Uh-uh. Shockingly, the cat's not cooperating with this uh, maneuver. And the struggle continues. So yeah, I don't recall if Mad Mike said when this documentary is coming out. Let's see. Maybe there's something in the trailer about that, which I had not actually watched the whole thing. Peace. Peace out. Peace. Let's just fast forward here. See if maybe they give a premiere date. He believes in science because I know he has force divided by mass equals acceleration. Whether he walks away from this, it's going to be based on science. Let's go, Mike! Mike, hang in there, buddy. 
Rocket Man. Coming soon. Oh! I had my. Don't leave me hanging. Like from a rocket. That would be bad. Oh. Side note. When you play the uh, trailer on YouTube, once it's done, the next thing that it promotes is coming up is a Rowan Atkinson interview. What's that about? Why would Mr. Bean follow up the Rocket Man? Well, we'll never know. All right. That is this week's Mad Mike Hughes update. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Blast off! Another rocket ship. Well, like I said, no news in the news department this week. I guess maybe they took uh, some time off around the Independence Day holiday. Or they're just lazy. I don't know. You make the call. Let's move on to this week's game. This week's game is... Snake. From day to age, 1982. Alright. So, we're told... We we get... the setup for the game is actually pretty good. The manual has a little jungle guidebook with a picture of a large snake climbing a fortress. You are a daring big game hunter on an expedition to the heart of the Amazon's legendary lost world. But you find that the game being hunted is you by pterodactyls, trachodons, and other prehistoric creatures. Wait, hold on. Lost world, pterodactyls, trachodons, prehistoric creatures. I swear, Disney. Disney, right? Who makes the uh, Jurassic Park movies? Uh, I swear, I'm not trying to dinosaur step on your trademark. Honest. It's me. It's Day Day. It's not me. So, back to the Jungle Guidebook. Luckily, you find refuge in an ancient abandoned fortress where you're protected from the jungle outside. Or are you? See? That's a good premise. That makes me want to play this game. That makes me want to check this out. You know? chased by some dinosaurs. That's pretty exciting. Expedition objectives. Your objective is to score as many points as possible by shooting the prehistoric creatures that prowl outside the ancient fortress walls. But at the same time, you must avoid contact with the deadly snakes that can slither in and out of your jungle hiding place. How to hunt prehistoric predators. And that gives you all the basic setup instructions. For the uh, Atari console, take everything out, plug it in, turn it on, using the joystick for this one. Select the game version, the game variation you want by pressing the game select switch on your game console. The game number will appear in the upper right hand corner of your screen. There are two variations of snake. In game number one, the snakes come in only come from only one direction. In game two, there are snakes coming from two directions. Hit the reset button to start the game. When a single player's turn is over, push down the reset switch to begin a new game. If there are two players, player two must press the red fire button on his joystick controller to start his turn. Once player two's turn is over, push down the game reset switch to begin a new game. See? See? That's just one of the, you know, again, spoilers, many things that bothers me about this game. The game is over every time you die. You don't get, like, three lives, four lives, whatever. Once you get killed, you have to start over completely. You score a point each time your powerful cluster gun strikes a prehistoric creature. Sometimes these predators travel together in groups of two or even three. The blast effect, by the way, it doesn't matter how many there is. Because the blast effect from your cluster gun will knock out all of the creatures, even if you hit only one. So it's meaningless how many there actually are. Parentheses. But you'll still score just one point. Once your score has reached 99, the score indicator will return to zero and begin at one point. And here we get a screenshot showing player number one score, top left. Player number two score, top right. 
two snakes and a prehistoric creature in the fortress center with your gun. The gun track is outlined, not visible on TV display. The hell? Why have it there then? For what it's worth, here's the uh, screenshot. Has everybody seen the bat? Okay. Position your gun by moving your joystick controller at exact right angles. The gun moves along the gun track, which as we, we've just been told you can't actually see, runs along the fortress walls and the gun shoots away from the fortress. Using your red fire button, try hitting as many of the prehistoric creatures as you can, while at the same time avoiding contact with the deadly snakes. See, this all sounds good. I'm on board so far. Additional survival strategies. The snakes cannot be killed, and you score no points for hitting a snake. But the name of the game here is survival, and cutting the snakes down to size is the key to racking up a big score. Hitting a snake with your cluster gun to knock out one or more segments breaking the snake, uh, the snake in two or shortening its overall length. In either case, the snake will become easier to avoid. Some things to remember. Don't buy this game. Sorry, I added that one. Number one. Some snakes move faster than others and so, uh, some are more vulnerable to your weapon than others. Keeping your red fire button depressed while aiming at a snake will increase your chance of knocking out segments. In game number one, there are snakes coming only from one direction. But they move fast. In game number two, while there are snakes from two directions, the snakes may actually be easier to cut down because they are moving more slowly. Three, the red squares on your screen are barriers, like bricks in the fortress walls, petrified trees, etc. You cannot shoot through them. Four, to keep your weapon on the gun track, be sure to move your joystick control at exact right angles. Otherwise, you won't be able to move the cluster gun to a new firing position. Look, I haven't designed that many fortresses. I'm going to be upfront about that. But what the hell's the point of a gun track? That just seems dumb to me. Look for other data age video games where video game cartridges are sold. If you can't find our game in your area, drop us a line and we'll send you a list of stores near you. And that is how you play, for what it's worth, Snake. Alright, you want to know how bad this game is? Well, here's how bad this game is. The Wikipedia entry for Snake is three lines. Basically, just tells us it's a video game for the Atari 2600, Data Age made it. Gameplay is similar to Centipede, except the player moves in the center of the screen and fires toward the top, bottom, and sides. In 1991, Digital Press included the game on a list of the 10 worst Atari 2600 games. There's also a note here that Snake, the Atari game, should not be confused with the 1973 horror film Snake, which I don't know how you could, because the name of the Atari game has three S's whereas the name of the 73 horror film has four S's. Clearly very distinct. By the way, I looked up that movie, Snake, with an extra S. Uh, sounds vastly more interesting than the Atari Snake game. So, go check that out. The video game critic wrote in 2001, Anybody still wondering why the video game crash of 83 occurred needs to look no further than this pathetic piece of crapola. It basically says this is you know the kind of cheap dumb game that companies could churn out pretty quickly. Poor man's centipede. The graphics are crappy. It looks more like an unfinished project. It's got to be one of the sloppiest games he's ever seen. Holy crap. This is pretty exciting. This won't mean much to you when, by the time you're listening to this, but as I record this episode, I'll just uh, give you a little peek here. I'm recording this episode on Monday, July 16th. As I was poking around the internet looking for something to say about Snake, I just learned that today, the 16th of July, is World Snake Day. How is that for some sort of weird cosmic alignment or something? I don't know who decides World Day of anything, but 
apparently it is. Let's see, Calendar Labs uh, purports to have an explanation. Thinking, 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 my iPad is thinking. Oh, here we go. Calendarlabs.com. World Snake Day is on the 197th day of 2018. There are 168 days left in the year. So if you're going to get me a Christmas present, you better start shopping now. Snake, World Snake Day is a relatively obscure holiday with unclear origins, but is celebrated by wildlife enthusiasts the world over with great passion. Tributes sometimes even make the national news. Given, the, uh, given human society's age-old fascination with these beautiful but misunderstood creatures, a day to celebrate them seems only fair. Celebrated, celebrated both virtually and physically, bringing together snake lovers to rejoice in their common wonder at the marvels of nature's creation. Hold on, there's not going to be some sort of snake orgy, if I keep reading, is there? In 1967, a snake farm was started in Texas, which was subsequently brought into popular culture in the 70s through a song by the famous rock band, The Ramones. Since then, its tourist appeal has only grown. It has become an irresistible stop for many travelers on road trips to the area. July 16th is, naturally, the busiest day of the year. If anybody, anyone has been to this snake farm in Texas, let me know. And why not? If anyone has this has thoughts about this Ramones song, uh, let me know that too. The earliest known carved representation of a snake was nearly 12,000 years ago, years ago in Turkey. Snakes have played a major role in religion and mythology, from the Bible to the Mahabharata to ancient Egyptian texts. Snakes play an important role in the ecosystem by controlling rodents and pests. The next Internet World Holiday, by the way, is August 5th, 2018, and it's International Friendship Day. So, that's a good day to make friends with your snake. Alrighty, moving on. Dinosaurpictures.org tells us that a trachodon was a herbivore. It lived in the Cretaceous period and inhabited North America. Its fossils have been found in places such as Utah, uh, Valencian community uh, in Spain, and South Dakota. Dinosaurjungle.com tells us, uh, again, that this was a herbivore. lived about 77 to 73 million years ago. It was named in 1856 by Joseph Leidy based on fragmentary fossil remains of seven teeth, one of which had a double root. Leidy chose the name Trachodon, which means rough tooth. Leidy himself later claimed the conclusion that the teeth were from more than one animal, and that Trachodon should be limited to the double-rooted tooth. Despite being historically important in taxonomy and being widely known to the public at large, most paleontologists considered the, consider the genus Trachodon to be a doubtful name, or nomen dubium, a scientific name which is of unknown or doubtful application. Take that, Trachodon! For those of you who think that Wikipedia is of dubious scientific value, I offer this. The entry for pterodactyl helpfully tells us they are extinct. So, rest easy, folks. You're not going to get eaten by a pterodactyl. It is an extinct flying reptile genus of pterosaurs, whose members are popularly known as pterodactyls. It is currently thought to contain only a single species, Pterodactylus antiquus, the first pterosaur, pterosaur species to be named and identified as a flying reptile. Remains have been found primarily in the Solnhofen limestone of Bavaria, Germany, dated to the late Jurassic period, about 150 to 148 and a half million years ago, though more fragmentary remains have been tentatively identified from elsewhere in Europe and in Africa. It was a carnivore and preyed probably on fish and small animals, like pterosaurs. It had wings formed by a skin and muscle membrane stretching from its elongated fourth finger to its hind limbs. It was supported internally by collagen fibers and externally by keratinous ridges. Alright, well after the break, 
Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? No, seriously. Why did it have to be snakes? Somebody please tell me. Oy. As I was getting ready to do this field report, I bumped the console, then the screen went fuzzy. And for just the faintest moment, I was so happy to not have to play this game anymore. That gives you a little insight into what I think about Snake. Don't say I didn't warn you. Okay, so we've got a screen full of red dashes. And I just got killed for absolutely no reason at all. I just used my cluster gun to kill what I guess are prehistoric monsters but really look more like, um, it, if you took a box of marshmallow peeps at Easter time and left it on your dashboard for the afternoon, uh, those peeps are what these creatures look like. That one looked vaguely like a crocodile. The snake, I don't know what's up with the snake. It looks like your string of dashes in the game surround, which I'd much rather be playing right now. There's nothing in this game that makes me think uh, jungle. There's nothing about the snake that makes me think snake. Um, my weird little diamond shape, big game hunter, isn't anything. Um, the sound effects are annoying. For some reason, when you die, you turn into a flag. I don't understand any of this. Supposedly, when you get to 99 points, it turns back over to zero. I can't imagine ever getting to 99 points, mostly out of boredom. Yeah, also, I don't like snakes very much. The real reptile kind. But I would much rather hang out with one of those than play this game. Uh, this wasn't a very funny field report, but you know, it's tough in the jungle even when it doesn't really look like a jungle. Back to you in the studio. So here's the thing about Snake. Folks, I've been doing this podcast for a while now. 130 episodes, as a matter of fact. I think I can safely say that while there have been games I didn't enjoy, looking at you, Bentley Bear, I know my hatred of Crystal Castles is an unpopular opinion, but though I didn't enjoy my time with Bentley, and there have been other games that I did not enjoy. I think I can safely say I have not hated an Atari game as much as I hate Snake. And the worst part is I can't even hate it because it's a bad idea for a game. It's not. It's a great idea. It's got a great premise. It sounds like an exciting game from the manual. But the execution of the game is crappy. And then, and I've said a lot about that already, let's talk about the title, Snake. Why the hell do they call it Snake if you're hunting dinosaurs? Calling this game Snake is like calling Pitfall Underground Scorpions. For the record, I would play an Atari game called Underground Scorpions. Alright, well, enough of that. We've got an exciting premise here. We've said that already. What could we have done? What could really be going on with this big game hunter and this snake and this cluster gun? 
more like cluster F if you asked me. You were all thinking it, I just went ahead and said it. So here, then, is this week's story. Snake. From a snake's point of view. Okay, look. There's two things you've got to know about snakes. One, we're not slimy. Don't believe me? Go look in your kid's science book. No slime. Perfectly dry. Two, we don't give a crap about you humans. I see you out there. You snakes, run. You make up movies about us terrorizing planes, which is BS. We hate to fly. Hollywood, people. Dumb little stories about how we crawl up pipes and bite some lady's butt while she's on the john. Can you blame us? You'd be a little peeved after that journey too, my friend. Also, that thing with Adam and Eve? Total fabrication. And that movie scene? Oh, movies again. The one with Indiana Jones and the Well of Souls? In that scene, everybody roots for Indy. No one says boo about all the snakes he torches. Anyway, point is, we snakes, we'd be just as happy to leave you clowns alone if you'd leave us alone. But you won't, will you? Every so often some dude, and it's almost always a dude, with a stupid designer vest comes stomping through the neighborhood with his huge gun and tiny hoo-ha looking to kill something. By the way, guys, your units may be minuscule, but jungle insects can still crawl up there when you take a leak. Just saying. I should just leave you be, I guess. As long as you're going after harmless giraffes and elephants, you won't be looking to make shoes out of me. But don't think I couldn't plant my shoe self in your backside from the afterlife. Thing is, in my jungle, the big game is a little more intense. You blending around with those cluster guns just causes a cluster F. Case in point, this dude came blundering in here just last week. Vest of many pockets, gun he can barely lift, giant camera, the whole bit. I slither by, just minding my own business, and he's all like, Cripes, a snake. He hops up on his camp table for safety, I guess. Then he falls on his ass because it's just a wildly camp table. Starts scrambling away like he's never seen a snake in the jungle. A snake in the jungle. Go figure. I wasn't going to bite him. It's not in my nature unless he bugs me first. That's everything you got to know about snakes. That's the thing with these hunters. They don't live here. They don't know us. All they know is maybe they can bag a trophy. A lion, maybe, if they got the balls. More likely a giraffe or something less threatening. Boy, was this dude in for a surprise. No giraffes here. Around this jungle, we got something else. And in that moment when we stood there staring at each other, he found that out. A pterodactyl swooped in and carried the hunter off. If the hunter had stopped shrieking, I could have told him Larry was coming. Another time, this hunter with a long beard that rested on his huge gut was standing over a dead rhino. I tried to tell him Evelyn, that was the name of the rhino, uh, Evelyn's buddy Carl was headed this way. Carl is one of our local trachodons. He'll eat anything, his only friend in the world was Evelyn. Bad combination for that hunter. But instead of listening to me and moving his ass, the hunter tried to squash my ass with the butt of his rifle. Shut up and get away from me, stupid snake, he said, swinging wildly. It was the last thing he ever said before the foliage parted and Carl avenged Evelyn. So, here's the thing. Humans, you guys, and us snakes, we go back a long way. Not all of it is good, I guess. You don't quite get us, and we don't quite care about you. But the snakes, we know stuff. We literally got our ears to the ground. I know, I know, we don't have ears. That was humor. Man, you humans are so uptight. We snakes know stuff. We don't want to hurt you, though we will if you mess with us. So what I'm really saying is, 
Let's all leave each other alone. Especially Carl. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for creative commons use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, which you know by now. Whatever you do, though, remember to slither on over to iTunes and shed a review so that all the other trachodons, as they're stomping through the foliage that is iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, can find our show. Please also consider supporting the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com. The store is still up. Uh, it will be going down at some point. So if you want to get anything there, get it now. I'm giving some thought to revamping the store, and I will let you know when that happens. The website is ataribytes.lipson.com. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram, too. I leave some weirdness there from time to time. And don't forget to check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, for all of your animated Peanuts gang needs. And, for that matter, not-so-animated Peanuts gang needs. Comic strips, animated TV specials, movies, merchandise. Charles Schultz himself. We cover everything. Check it out. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bytes. Mountain King. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,